I know there's a little sound issue with the first reading, so let me just highlight that. I was sitting there and I couldn't hear. I mean, I prepared for it, so I, I knew the reading from Proverbs. Um, the book of Proverbs is a book created as part of what we call wisdom literature. And in this section of the book of Proverbs, the praise is for a woman. The whole reference today in this chapter 31 is for a particular woman. She's bright, she's articulate, she spends her time taking care of her family, she also has time for others and she gives them, the poor, her attention as well as donations. And she's a wise woman, he indicates that when he says her works praise her at the city gates. That's where all the, that's the newspaper, that's where all the gossip happens. So even at the city gates where people post notices, her name is there and she's being praised for being such an industrious woman. We can look at her and say, great, she was an entrepreneur of her time, but that's not the purpose of her being included today in the scriptures. What she did with what she had is important in this case, especially in reference to the gospel that we just heard. They often call that the gospel of talents, and the man goes on a journey, leaves talents. Now, talents are a sum of money. We don't have to go into the, the numerical uh, description, but there's a sum of money. So he gives five and two and one. Now, we can use those concepts of talents as the word talent, as we use it. Something that you have, we have within us, whether it's making music or dancing or doing numbers or banking or being a great parent, whatever talent you use, God expects reimbursement. The story gets a little bit of challenging because the man who has one talent doesn't use it, doesn't even put it with the bank. I don't know what their interest rates were, then, but the bank would have given him something back on his money. A talent, the way that it's being used in Scripture, is an amount of money. We can use that same word. That's how eventually it became affiliated with something you done, you've done with grace and with ease. You have a talent for making music. You have a talent for something else. So Jesus takes the concept from the perspective of the money and gives us this parable. And the master says to the servant, you know I'm harsh. You, you would have expected me to want something back from the money I gave you when I left. And we'll use it the other word, for the talent I gave you when I left. But you didn't do anything with it. Now let's come back to us using that word, talent, as it is for us, how we use it in our own vocabulary, something that we're good at, okay? And we perfect it. But let's, let's make that word talent faith. None of us chose God. God chose us. 
to be followers. Even in baptism, he said, well, my parents brought me to church and they, they got me baptized. My godmother and godfather were there and they got me baptized. And so they gave me the faith. Not, not so. We believe the Catholic faith is a gift to all of us. And as a gift, we have, we have to use it or bury it based on the scriptural references. And if we use it, we can use the example of the first reading as to how to use it. You got a talent, you use it, whether it's to spindle, whether it's to give to the poor, whether it's to give philosophy or advice to people, or whether it's just to sit and console one another. That might be our talent. We're not all doctors, but when we visit someone in the hospital or who is ill at home, we don't have to give medical advice. We give ourselves the talent of being who we are as a Christian who will give Christianity and Christian action to the person we're visiting. So we can use that idea of a talent and ask ourselves, am I using the talents I have as a Christian? I don't care if you play the piano or you are a CEO. The talent we're using for, metaphorically today, is our gift as Christians. Am I using the gift that God gave me as a Christian? Christian man, Christian woman, Christian young person. Whether you're a grammar school or a teenager. Each of us has a talent. Forget the, the world talents. Forget secular talents. Forget I'm a mathematician or I'm an artist or I'm a musician. Forget those and bring it back to why we're here tonight. To bring the talent of our faith, the gift of our faith, to church, to God, in order to receive back his message through the body and blood of his son and through scripture. So how we use the talent of the gift of faith is really up to us individually. And the woman might be a good example. When her food is needed to feed her family, she goes out, even waking up early in the morning when it's still dark out. And I'll just go back and we could, we could reframe it and say, well, to get the chickens, get the eggs, you know, cook the, the breakfast for the family that's sleeping. So then when the sun rises, she's using her talent, her love for her family to serve them. And when she's given advice, she's using her advice as an educated, bright Jewish woman. But I don't like giving advice <clears throat> because it's usually a challenging response when you give advice. That's why if I'm counseling someone, I work together with them and ask them what they want to achieve, what they want to accomplish, with why they're in a counseling session. To give advice is kind of show-offish, and only when we are in that position as an educator or teacher or maybe a government official who officially can give advice, fine, let's go with that. But on the everyday person level, that's us, what's Jesus trying to teach us today? He's coming back, the master is coming back 
So I guess whatever level of Christian faith we have within us, our talent, lot or little, doesn't matter, almost can't measure it, Jesus is saying, when I come back, I want to hear from you. Now, yes, when he comes back at the end of time, parousia, we call that, or the immediate return, and that comes when we're not prepared sometimes. How many people, just over this weekend alone, were involved in auto accidents in our own area, in our own state? I mean, at least 10 met Jesus, presuming they were Christian, but died in accidents. And Jesus is telling us through the scriptures tonight, be ready, because you never know when I'm coming back. In the meantime, act like Christians. Do what you're supposed to be doing. And it's remarkable that without making it a great burden, if we do what we're supposed to be doing, we'll do just right. And I speak to the children that are here, the grandparents that are here. If we, together, do what we're supposed to do. As many of you know, my niece is in intensive care. We've been praying for her all week, and I ask you to keep praying for her. Her name is Kimberly. But what is, what is the family doing? The family is gathering at the hospital. The family is consoling one another, taking turns to go in and visit him. We're doing what we're supposed to be doing. We'd like to heal her, but that's not our job. So what, we, it, what is our job is prayer and supporting one another. And that's what a family does to every person in our family. And years ago, my nephew, when he was quite young, was describing some family tensions. And he said, Uncle Louie, he said, maybe it's time that we cut that branch off the family tree. Now, he was nine years old, made a lot of sense, but we don't always have that, uh, quote, permission or situation in which we can cut the family off. But sometimes we have to distance ourselves from people that would lead us away from our Christian calling. Whether you're related to this person, whether she's your mother, father, sister, aunt, brother, doesn't matter. We have to be careful that that person's activities don't lead us into sin, greed, hate, anger, the list goes on, because that would be leading us away from our talent of being Catholics, of being Christians, of being people, and again, the, the woman in the in Book of Wisdom and Proverbs gives us a great example. She's doing what she's supposed to do. She's taking care of her family. She's taking care of the poor. She's taking care of herself. She's educating herself. She's learning. You see, it's all that is, is woven into that scripture. She's making their clothing. I don't know what the husband does, but she's busy. So it's a very simple reading, but it has a massive message. And Jesus reiterates that message by warning us to be prepared when... It's call-in time. When he comes back to us and says, okay, what did you do with the Christian faith that I blessed you with? Not your mother's faith, not your father's faith, your faith.
What did you do with it? And he will know the answer, you know that. So I think all of us come together as we wind down liturgical year. Next year's Christ, next week is Christ the King, and then Advent starts, and the liturgical year starts again. It's a good use of the liturgical calendar to apply to our own lives. Am I preparing? Not at the end, now. Not when there's an emergency, now. Am I preparing and using my Christian faith appropriately? Loving, serving, and praying.